With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to the PGA DFS First Look Show for the BMW Championship. I'm your host for Jason Roslin, or find me on Twitter at DFSGolfer23. And today I'm joined by Jeff Ulrich as we're missing our companion, Sal. I'm dealing with a little sickness. So, you know, we're, we're going to give him a couple of days to recover here, maybe a little bit longer, depending on what he's got. But Jeff, you're here with me, and you're going to bring a little bit of luck to this broadcast today, aren't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, luck is in, you know... Uh, you know, me getting bailed out by a guy in the Corn Ferry Tour at, at 160 to one—that was nice. But um, yeah, I, I mean, definitely made some some wrong choices at the top of the field last week, uh, having no exposure to Dustin Johnson. But um, you know, all in all, it was a fun event to watch. I mean, someone playing that well is always kind of cool, and um, see some other uh, guys I'm usually on. Some of my my favorite scrub plays, you know, do really well. Harris was up there. Henley was in the mix. Usti was in the mix for a bit. So. Uh, none of those guys got there because Dustin Johnson just blew the doors off everyone. But um, yeah, really interesting week for me, betting department and uh, you know DFS. Obviously, when you have no exposure to Dustin Johnson, um, it's basically it's you just sit back and watch. So yes, yeah, going to be a tough week, especially when he's thirty under and wins by eleven. Yeah. He had 172 points, and, and we'll get into that in, in a little bit in our DFS review of, of just how good that really was and what impact that had on the cash line. But uh, if if people watching aren't familiar with uh, what I was talking about at the top of the show, uh, Jeff hit a 160 to one Curtis Luck on the Corn Ferry Tour, and obviously that's the minor league of the PGA Tour. Um, guy's been around for a little bit of while chasing. Uh, he was an Australian guy that came out had a ton of talent, so. Um, was there something in the formula, not that we're going to talk Corn Ferry Tour that much, but anything in the formula uh, that led you to Curtis Luck? Uh, what did you kind of use? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I'm actually familiar with this course and event because I hit Peter Uline here uh, a few years ago when he won. And uh, so it was a week I just looked at, at, at a little bit harder at the Corn Ferry Tour. And uh, I know like uh, Uline putted really well that week. And Curtis Luck has, has good course history here. So um, again, it's just a thing though, backing talent. I mean, he's a former U S amateur winner, a dude who actually, you know, played pretty well in a couple of U S uh, tour events at 160 to one, you know, he posted top tens here and, and realistically Curtis Luck is the type of dude who he's not going to make like 10 cuts in a row. He's so random with his ball strike. That's why I call him Australian Jordan Spieth, but, uh, like putting wise and around the green, man, he might be like one of the top 10 players in the world in that regard. So, um, you know, it was just uh, a, a way too big odds taking a shot at the guy with some course history. Uh, like I said, I do knew I uh, felt a little bit more confident about it just because I knew the course. But um, 
yeah, I mean, uh, the, the Corn Fairy Tour is nuts, nuts to uh, to bet. You do get guys like that just popping up sometimes. So it was nice to hit one. It was actually my second triple-digit winner on that tour this year. So definitely saved me, like I said, because I didn't have much going outside of, like, an Usti Top 20. Uh, actually, I did hit some, some like, Top 8s, but uh, yeah, it was more just, like, break-even for me on the PGA, so... Yeah, I saw Harry Higgs kind of uh, benefited you there, getting Alex Norn across. Really yeah, sneaking, actually sneakily playing really good golf, and we'll get into him uh, definitely later on in the show. So, Jeff, I'm going to hope you're going to bring a little bit of luck uh, to the show in this way this week, and maybe a place that I'll be able to do it is the sponsor of our show, Super Draft. So I want to give them a shout-out uh, really quickly. The future of daily fantasy sports has arrived. Experience Super Draft's exclusive game mode multiplier, here, you get to say goodbye to salary restrictions and hello to line of freedom. Use your fantasy sports knowledge to draft any player you want and build your very own dream team. Countless lineup possibilities let you experience daily fantasy sports the way you want. Super Draft right now offering contests in NBA, MLB, PGA, NASCAR, and MMA so you can enjoy the best of DFS all year round. Sign up for Super Draft using promo code AWESOME10. You get 10 free on your first deposit of $10 or more and 20 free on your first deposit of 100 more. So sign up today. Download in the App Store or play at superdraft.io. No limits and more winning. All right, we're going to start off right away and talk about Dustin Johnson versus Brooks Kepka. Obviously, Dustin Johnson won. He's minus 30. Blew the field away. But since Brooks Kepka decided to run his mouth at who we thought was his best friend, or one of those, uh, it's going really sour for him. And, you know, I, I put here in quotes, a famous uh, quote saying or song, we started off as friends – but now everyone's saying it was all pretend. Now, I may have made my lyrics up there, but I'm obviously talking about Kelly Clarkson since you've been gone. Uh, Jeff, what do you make of this rivalry between these two guys? Because it's almost what it's turning into be now. Not a friendship, but a rivalry. Yeah, I mean, look, Dustin's a guy who, I, I mean, he, you know, obviously just kind of goes through the, the motion sometimes it looks like, and he's just, uh, you know, not, not affected by things like that, but... Uh, at the same time, I mean, you know, when, when some dude starts calling you out, I mean, Dustin is also like a very alpha alpha dude. I mean, uh, he's obviously got the game to to blow the doors off anyone at any point, and um, he knows that, right? So, you know, he was obviously rounding into form a little bit. Um, I don't really get what Brooks Kepka is, is trying to achieve when he was when he was doing that. To be honest, I mean, it just made no sense to me. I think I think Brooks has made his point. Like he's not afraid to speak his mind, but. At the same time, alienating like everybody on tour seems a little bit like non-ideal, non you know, non-efficient uh, as, as some people would say. Like it just it's a little strange. So I don't know. Maybe he just made a bit of a, a tactical error. Um, it certainly has looked like it's benefited Dustin Johnson, That's for um, sure. especially at these at these playoff events, right, Jace? I mean, this is where Dustin Johnson. You know, we, you could make the argument. I put through this out on Twitter. I mean, the, the guy is definitely underachieved from a major perspective, from from the big events perspective in his career. I don't think anyone would argue that. But at these at these limited field events, WGCs, man, he absolutely dominates these. So, um, you know, just giving Dustin Johnson more motivation. I mean, Brooks Kepka probably maybe knew his season was done anyways. So maybe he uh, maybe again he was just speaking from a place of you know desperation or something. It almost kind of feels like that now because he pulled out of the event. But, um, you know, as far as these two go, Dustin, definitely uh, like a consistent guy, not someone I'd ever really want to like poke, you know, and just give motivation to. You don't need to motivate a guy like Dustin Johnson. Um, if anything, that's like your best defense against a guy like Dustin Johnson that you just come in and hope he's not motivated. Right. So, again, I don't understand what Brooks was thinking there. So. 
Yeah, in the last dance, I mean, Jordan talked about it a lot, drawing motivation from outside factors, and he, he would create him a lot of times. Dustin Johnson is not creating this. Brooks Kepka, for some reason, and it was pretty clear, after Brooks Kepka's U.S. Open win, when he beat DJ, they were basically head-to-head. He came out on one of the interviews on the next couple of days and was like, yeah, Dustin and me are one of best friends. He was there the next morning waiting to go fishing with me after my win. Like, that's just the type of friends we are. And now all of a sudden we're not friends? Just It's a lie. It's all fraud. That's just what, what my stance is. And Dustin Johnson has definitely taken and run. When this guy gets going, in, in any event, he's scary, except for majors. Now, granted, he's been beaten in majors He's also given a few away. He gave the U.S. Open a speak. There's no doubt about it. He had one called away from him due to stupid rules. So while he has underachieved, Jeff, it's one shot here or there, and we could be talking about him as one of the best of all time. And maybe we still are, but regardless, uh, I digress. DJ, 11500 this week. Top of the board, $500 more than everybody. Man, that was a quick turnaround from an 80 and 78 that we saw a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. And what a great, like, you know, again, I mean, I, I obviously didn't, didn't make the right decisions at the top last week, but I know there's a lot of people out there that did and, and shout out to the people who obviously saw DJ was just uh, starting to round into this form was just about to step on the gas. Great betting opportunity. You know, I, I do have a bit of a rule. Like whenever Dustin is, is like 20 or better than one, you should probably just bet him. I think I've broken it twice now this year. So, um, you know, again, that's my bad, but you know, shout out to the people who did it because uh, you know, you, you're sharper than me last week for sure. Yeah, I've got a couple of more things. Harris English, um, you mentioned he might be – well, he's played more than Daniel Berger, but I believe he's been the most consistent golfer since the restart. He's had He had five top 25s before this, added in his what would have been a win had it not been for Dustin Johnson in the field. I mean, are we ready to go right back to this guy this week again, or are we seeing a little bit of maybe out-of-reach form – Something we saw from Kokrak last year for a little bit of a year. I mean, here's the thing about Harris English. And this is – Harris English is actually one of my better calls this year. I went on like a, pre, a season preview show. I think it was with Mayo. It was with Mayo at the yeah. start of the year. And you know, I said, I, I think this is a dude who's going to get his game back together. Uh, if you go back all the way to the fall season, Jason, he was – his off-the-tee game was way improved, like versus even just like two months ago. Harris English is – the last couple of years, it's been all about he cannot put the ball in the freaking fairway. So he's still not that great off the tee, but he's way better than he was the last two years. The rest of Harris English's game has always been good. Like he's always been a top talent. He's, he's you could put him as far as like junior talent in, in like conversations with like Webb Simpson, even a guy like Spieth. You talk about, you talk to other players, they probably agree. Like this is one of the top junior players when he was coming up. So um, as soon as I saw that, I kind of made the call, you know, I, I think he's really going to be bounced back this year. He hasn't gotten the win like I thought he would, but I mean, this is a really talented player. Um, at the same time, like I kind of want to get off him this week, you know, as, as we'll talk about, uh, maybe further, his price is up. Uh, you know, he, he obviously put in the big performance. He's playing really consistently, but, um, I'm not sure this course necessarily plays to his strengths, but I think it's going to challenge players a little bit more off the tee, which is definitely where he's a little bit weaker, so if the putter digresses a little bit or something like that, could be a tough spot. I think for DFS, he might end up being a good fade, but I'm definitely interested in, in him in, in the finale for the finale as well and, and going into next year. Like I say, he's just a talented player. Yep. Um, hasn't quite broken through or anything, but playing very consistent and uh, just a player. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily just dust off and say, oh, he's just, he's just playing good for like six months. He's a talented dude, and, and he'll probably uh, end up with like a breakthrough win at some point. So 
Yeah, and, and I mentioned Kokrak kind of at the top last year. He went through a, a tremendous run, something that we hadn't seen from him in years past. He's, he's kept it up somewhat, but he did regress. Maybe I'm calling for that to happen with Harris English here, but that's only because this year is kind of almost out of nowhere. His putting, though, his putting has gotten so good. You mentioned it. You look at the putting splits. It doesn't matter what course he's on. He's probably gaining strokes, and if he gains a couple of strokes – He's definitely in contention, and we see that's why he's been in the top 25, you know, six times since the last restart or even over the last 10 weeks. Um, a couple more notes from uh, Northern Trust uh, for me before we go into our uh, DFS review. Berger, just real good again. Uh, oh, God, I don't know what to do with that guy. I guess you're just going to have to play him every week. I, I don't know what else to do with him. Super, um, super motivated, Daniel Berger, in my opinion. I, I think he's 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 well, got he, like he a, a yeah, serious well, he's chip on his shoulder, man. I, I feel yeah. like people – he's Run someone who's like – he's been written off and and uh, he's looking like to get back in that, that conversation. I just feel like people – he really thinks that people just kind of forgot about him and, and how good he was, so – um, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys, so I get it. I, I, I'm right. I'm right there with the crowd on this. I got to be honest. Yeah. So I, I think he's going to continue again. I think he's going to be someone who really challenges uh, for, in the finale. I don't know about this week. We'll see. I mean, but put in another solid week. Yeah. Yep. And uh, lastly, Scotty Scheffler. Maybe another tough Sunday, but boy, this kid can play. Yeah. I mean, it's can super. I mean, he his his a TD Green game last like four weeks has just been off the charts, and he's playing well around the greens too. Just a putt here or there. I mean, um, really, I was really impressed with how he hung in at the PGA Championship. That that's what really kind of turned my head. Um, was probably another player. I I knew I should have gotten in my TFS lineups last week, but I just couldn't really make it work enough. And then I just kind of was like, ah, whatever. And that really ended up costing me. But um, yeah, just I, I've been really impressed with him over the last couple of weeks. Um, tough to say how he's going to handle these next two events, and maybe. You know, just might be in for like a slight cooling off period here because he's been playing at such a high level. But yeah, long term, man. I mean, this guy is legit for sure. Uh, he's going to be around for a while. Definitely. So let's go into our, our DFS review of last week where uh, the first one I have on the board is the actually strokes gain. So maybe not quite DFS, more more along the lines of how the golfers performed. Just a quick, a couple of quick notes that I wanted to give up, uh, give out in terms of tee to green. Uh, Russell Henley continued his strong play, but did struggle on the green, something exactly you and I talked about. Uh, Brian Harmon, uh, Tita Green, looked really good again, and um, also his putter is one of the best at it. One of the ones that I wanted to make note of, though, Matt Kuchar. That's one that I've got my eye on this week. His approach game had been terrible since coming back. He finally broke through. He gained three strokes in round two, which, as you can see, really gained two for the week, so – Maybe it was just an anomaly in one round, but it was something that I made note of, a guy we haven't seen much of. Finally started to get a little momentum last week and maybe coming to a course this week where uh, the course is better suited for him. Um, any notes for you on there? This is, I think, the top 15 or 20 uh, strokes gained T degree. Yeah, no, Harmon kind of stuck out for me as well. He had a, you know, he's been a dude who's kind of been like living with his around the green or putter play of late. So him being more consistent definitely was interesting. He ended with like a really good round on Sunday. Kuchar is interesting. I mean, I just have not thought about Matt Kuchar much, much this year, but definitely stuck out to me that he put together four sub sub 70 rounds. Um, you just haven't seen consistency from him. Just basically the same as Harmon. He's just been living and dying with his putter. So if Matt Kuchar gets that approach game going, that's really interesting heading into these next two events. I'm not sure where he is in the FedEx cup standings off the top of my head, oh, but yeah. he's probably I, on. I, I would have, I, sorry, what was that? 
Yeah, he's probably on that verge. I think he's like yeah. in the 40s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would venture to guess he needs a big week to make it into the the next uh, the next week. But uh, I mean, regardless, it, it's just interesting that his you know his tee to green, his ball striking is back. Definitely a player I'm, I'm going to uh, look into more this week. Um, Kokrak's been been really good as well. Uh, like you said, I mean, he kind of starting to pop up again. I don't really know what to make of that. And then kind of the other player I really was interested in, Bubba Watson. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. He strokes like pretty much everywhere last week. He wasn't like super good in any one area, but always kind of interesting. Bubba's been playing pretty well since the restart. He's been he's been really up and down, but um, you know, fairly consistent for Bubba Watson, to be honest. Just over the last few events. I know the PGA kind of petered out just with a terrible week on the greens, but uh, really consistent week at the Northern Trust. Um, someone I don't, I, I think might actually set up well for this week because of the longer course, uh, a little bit tougher to hit fairways. So um, that's that's a narrative. We'll see, uh, you know, if, if it brings out to be true or, or if it's just garbage. But um, you know, gained over five strokes tee to green, Bubba did, and uh, you know, if he'd putted a little bit better, definitely could have been uh, like in the top five. So. Yep, great call there. One last one that I'll make note of, Cam Ron-Smith, the young Aussie that we saw. Uh, maybe he's not that young anymore, but he's still pretty young. Um, yeah, he, he's, he looks young, and I still think he is young, uh, relatively speaking. He gained 1.2 strokes on his approach, a vast turnaround, and he had a better PGA Championship as well. So two good starts for him. He won the Sony Open, which, remember, we've only had like 20 events, so he's almost guaranteed to be in this field. He hasn't done much since. But still, a breakthrough there. He's a really good putter when he gets going. Somebody that I'll take an eye at this week um, for sure. Okay, so moving to our DFS review where I go over the top points from the week. Dustin Johnson had 172 points. Just for uh, comparison, first of all, he hasn't even come close to that. Even out in Kapalua, the year that he won, he didn't get to 172 points. And in fact, if you just rostered Dustin Johnson, you were close to half of the way there to the cash line in a lot of contests. And he was only 8% owned. That, talk about leverage. I mean, what a spot there. Harris English had 130. Dan Berger, 117. Scotty Scheffler, 111. Rom had 110. Hovland putted really well, 104. Kevin Kisner, second straight top 503. Webb Simpson, 103. Mackenzie Hughes, 102. Alex Norton, 101. Russell Henley and Ryan Palmer end up the guys at 100. But Jeff, 172 points. I mean, 42 points between him in second place. Have you ever seen any disparity between that and DFS and all your time playing? Yeah, the only event that like kind of like sprung sprung to mind, Jason, was I think when Spieth won the Hawaii event at like minus thirty. Oh, the, the yeah. there were massive. You know, he, I'm not sure off the top of my head what the disparity was between like first and second, but I know yeah. I know the scores there that week were like ridiculous. So, but that's the kind of event. You know, we know that that's a high-scoring event. I mean, this this generally gets okay. like to be a bit of a birdie fest, but this, you know, I don't think anyone was expecting it to like set records like this. So, no, I mean, uh, definitely just an insanely dominant DFS performance. I mean, even Harris English getting up there at 130 
nuts. That's nuts. I mean, um, even for a winner to, to post something like that would have been crazy. So to have two guys like go over 130 and then like five guys over 110, you know, all these players are over 100 points. Um, generally, we have like, like what five players over 100 points max, like maybe, yeah. And and the worst the worst part for me was is normally I, I fade the chalk, yeah, or at least I don't play a lot of it. And for the most part, the chalk missed, as you can see on the right hand side of my screen. Tony Finau, Jason Day, nope. top two yeah. guys owned, sent back, and actually include Abraham Answer, top three guys owned, sent back, and Patrick Reed, 49th. You know, Dan Berger, third. Bryson DeChambeau missed the cut. Um, Colin Morikawa missed the cut. So of the top 10 owned, you had more than 50% go packing before Saturday. But if you didn't have Dustin Johnson in your lineup, I know he was only in 10% of the lineups, if that, but he scored 172 points. It was huge. Obviously, as we move on to the millionaire maker review or half millionaire maker review, uh, 20 entries for PGA 185 user, uh, obviously had Dustin Johnson in it. Obviously had Harris English and then Berger, Scotty Scheffler, Cam Davis, who was very important. But this one confused me. Adam Scott, that was an interesting one. Um, 71% total ownership. That's right in the wheelhouse, but 497 on the salary. Gotta love that. I mean, he could have gone from Adam Scott up to, I guess, even Tiger Woods. I don't know if he would have won. Uh, I don't I don't know Tiger's points offhand, but still, you gotta love everything about it. 71 ownership. We love to see that. Pretty much faded most of the chalk. And didn't use all the salary, so this is the this is the best way to win a GPP right here, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like you said. I mean, he could have gone he could have gone bigger. Like he he could have easily posted a bigger lineup. I mean, if he goes down from Scott, there were some dudes. Uh, you know, um, is there? I think he was right boosty or something, right? Like and 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 put put like a like another thirty points or something uh, to this lineup. So yeah, easily. Um, Obviously, then he would have been leaving out a ton of salary, but yeah, if you're going to Isner, right? At, at 100 yeah, points, Isner, Isner was the price. Yeah, right. So yeah, that, that was kind of what stuck out to me when I first saw this lineup too. I mean, Adam Scott being in there, it's like he he was so dominant with his other picks, and it didn't even matter who who he had in there. Um, Scott obviously just made the cut. Didn't really. I mean, he put a birdie streak and an eagle in there, but I mean, 74 points this week is like really not a big deal. So, um, but I, I mean, Cam Davis for me was was like. Uh, the really interesting play, obviously, I had like a fire first three rounds. He's a guy I actually wrote up on Osimo uh, in the the approach article I do there. You can check, you should check, definitely check that out every week. By the way, people, uh, if you don't check out like the free articles there, it's free every week. Yep. Do it. But um, I always do like a top three GPP plays that I think will be like five percent owned. Davis kind of stuck out. Uh, he's just a player who I think works well for like uh, a little bit higher scoring events when his putter gets going. I mean, I wasn't expecting him to like lead after the first round, but. Um, was pretty cool, obviously that that it paid off. So I think I, I stuck him in like one lineup this week. Um, but that that was uh, you know it was obviously interesting that he factored in, and then you know just it really come down. I mean again, I'll just I'll just hammer it home. But I mean going Dustin versus Jason Day again. Shout out to the people who made this call. I I, I am one of those people who generally like to pay up for the lower owned player. So it always it definitely makes me feel even stupider this week that I didn't do it. Um, it was such a good shot to take Dustin at this lower ownership. I, I, I actually didn't think the the dichotomy between the ownership between like Dustin and Day and some of those other guys who, who were way cheaper than him would be that big, but it turned out to be big. Um, you paid up for the lower ownership. And when these plays work out, man, this is why oftentimes I'll talk about these plays because th- look what happens. I mean, you get low ownership, like a sub 10% Dustin Johnson. Like you said, if you just had him in your lineups, you had a good week. So uh, massive play there. 
For sure. And perfect way to go into our lineups here. And we'll start with mine. And I did not find my way to Dustin Johnson in this lineup. And this was the only lineup that made me any money back for the most part. Just had a real bad week. And we go when we go into my allocations, you'll see why. It actually wasn't Jordan Speak this week. It, I mean, he was like number six or seven. But the fact that he was out of my top ten, I feel like I, I broke a mold there. So I'm going to give myself a little credit. Anyways, uh, the one lineup here. Justin Thomas was my biggest play of the week. Um at 11,300, I knew he was going to come in near 10% owned. So I love that. The fact that Dustin Johnson also came in under 10% owned should have been the exact same reason why I went to him. I didn't. Uh, had John Rahm, had Kisner, had Grio and Kokrak. So this was a decent cash lineup. It, it, it got, obviously, it was a min cash because it didn't have DJ, but um, goes to show you that uh, having the right strategy does pay off. You just got to find the right players with it. Uh, yours, on the other hand, had Harris English. And only had four of six, but scored basically the same amount of points yeah. as mine. But uh, just goes to show you the crazy scoring. You had Harris English and Louis Ustase in both great calls. You also have been talking about Danny Lee, and I think you might have even brought Danny Lee up on this show last week. 0.4% owned at 6,100. Almost as good as the Cam Davis play. I mean, I think he only scored maybe 10 less points. What, what drove you to Danny Lee? Just his irons getting in shape? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Danny Lee, yeah, I kind of, I regret not mentioning Danny Lee a little bit more. I almost brought him up as like my long shot top 20, or maybe I did mention him, but either way, I should have mentioned him a little bit more because I did kind of feel strongly, but obviously I felt strongly enough to play him in DFS. Um, Danny Lee's just a streaky player. Uh, you know, I, again, you, you kind of looked at the course too, a little bit easier scoring. I like that for Danny Lee. Love playing Danny Lee on like super tough courses. But um, I think TPC Boston, you know, Bentgrass Greens has had some success. And realistically, his tee to green game, it had been flashing a little bit. I mean, he's always a streaky player who's going to end up with blow up, blow up rounds sometimes. And that's kind of what happened to him, you know, maybe at the PGA where he kind of drifted over the weekend. But he looks solid at his tee to green stats. And um, he can always just kind of show up. So 6,100, you know, when I was looking at that range and trying to put together some builds like this, where I had, you know, like Rom and, and Bryson and, and just stack a couple big names. Um, he, he just was easily sticking out for me. So I uh, mixed him in the, the player pool, obviously, a bit. I like Cam Davis too, but yeah, um, you know, I felt really good about the ROM call. I mean, uh, I still even think like 16%. I'm shocked he didn't get up higher at that price. Yep, me too. Uh, it was just, again, it, I just missed so badly on the Bryson and, and Day calls and, and even answer here. Like I said, I mean, I should have definitely tried to get up to Scotty Sheffler. I just kind of just said, I'm just going to, I'll just eat the chalk with these steady players at the 7,700 range. And it just kind of killed me. Uh, and it's, it's disappointing because, like, I had English, Usti, and there was a couple other players that mixed in, like Henley. I had exposure to those guys. I just made – the, the top was just a disaster for me. So I uh, killed any uh, upside. But this one did cash. It was nice. Yeah, shout, shout out to sub-0.5% Danny Lee for saving me. So that was nice. Yeah, he did save you. And it's a, it's a great segue because I don't want you to feel bad that you were the only one. Oh, no, I definitely wasn't the only one. I mean, if a fool yeah, when we go see Alex's and mine and, hey, even throw in Justin McMahon and the other guy who I now uh, look over, Petty Theft, we all had Bryson DeChambeau in the top ten. In fact, Alex, as we move into our, our top review, had Bryson DeChambeau as the number one guy. I suspected he would come in around 15%, and I wanted to go double or triple him. Looks like Alex wanted to do the same thing, 33%. John Rahm, 27. Justin Rose, also 27. JT, 22. Fowler, 21. McElroy, 20. So Alex really covering the top of the board, as he has mentioned to us that he really likes to do, especially in golf. Hideki Matsuyama, Sanjay M, Fleetwood Casey, and Ty Hatton round out his top 10. 
where he had five guys over 20% owned, two missed the cut, only one of them get in the top 10, which is probably going to hurt his chances for the previous week. 83 total golfers, but with only 7% Dustin Johnson and 33% Bryson. Probably a tough week for uh, our buddy, our boss there, Alex, but I sense a good week coming back this week. Now, if you go over to mine, I'm sure you had a better week than I did because I had eight of my top 12 miss the cut. <laughs> you got to do when that happens, right? Uh, it happens. I had Cam Champ, 44% miss on the number. I had Justin Thomas at 40%, not bad. I had Bryson at 32, Tiger at 27, Sungjae at 25, Dylan Fratelli at 23, Answer 22, Redmond 21, Jordan Speed 20, Colin Morikawa 20, Sam Burns 17. I just mentioned six miss cuts in a row. Yeah. All part of my core. Is there a way if I had Dustin Johnson 100? percent What have I what have I profited this week knowing those allocations? Who knows, man? I mean, you you might have actually just because I mean you just get like one lineup with through, but um, yeah, I, look, it was a really bad week for the chalk. Obviously, I, I was actually surprised because I had so many like four of six lineups that I was even cashing in things come Sunday. But then I sort of because I just kind of stopped looking at my DFS like the classic ones after after the cuts. So. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, it, it was just one of those weeks. You either had the leader or you didn't. Um, if you, if you did hit some of those value plays, like the lower owned guys, uh, like a Harris or, or, uh, or a couple of those dudes. Yeah. You, you might've squeaked through at the mid cup, but it was or mid cash, but, uh, it was, it was Dustin or go home. And I mean, what I do have one question. What, what did you, did Alex tell you why he, he likes to spread it out more at the top? Cause it is kind of interesting to me. Maybe we should just touch on that for a bit, but if you have like, uh, like what yeah. was his, uh, his reasoning? Yeah. So uh, when I had him on, uh, when I was talking to him about it, basically said that the odds to win because they're all so close together in golf, he ends up wanting to just spread it uh, because they're, they're likely each golfer is more likely to win than the next one in most tournaments. Yep. Um, so I, I that's, that was the explanation he gave me, which makes a, a ton of sense. Um, yeah, but, especially, especially yeah. in the elite fields. Yeah, it, it definitely. I can, I can see that approach being being profitable. Now, why having zero Dustin Johnson uh, is beyond me. But these next two guys, the human assessment is Justin McMahon and Petty Theft eighty nine. Well, neither of them had DJ at all in their lineups. Abraham Answer seventy percent owned. Actually, you can just actually, if, if you don't have a way to look up these ownership percentages, if you just follow Justin's Twitter, um, he will tell you on Friday afternoons who he has on the day of the cut. Uh, okay. He has been a victim of the cut sweat the last couple of weeks. We all know about that. Um, I like Petty Theft's allocation. It looks almost identical to mine. If you compare uh, how we spaced it out, it, it's where I feel comfortable. Obviously, I only had... I had eight golfers miss the cut. He only had four. Justin had five, but it did seem like a tough week for for uh, most of the big players. Uh, I didn't see any uh, MMEs really up near the top at all. No, for sure. I mean, look, yeah, both guys had had uh, Dustin Johnson there, and look, it, it it's the same for you. I mean, I think you're. You know, you went overweight on Justin Thomas, which you were getting almost as good leverage, right? But for the ownership, actually getting equal. It just it, instead of Justin Thomas going off, it went Dustin Johnson. So. Yep. Um, you know, the, the build seemed fine. I think for, for petty theft too, like I definitely like the, you know, going overweight Rom at, at that, at that waiting. Uh, he just chose to basically go Rory instead of Dustin, like basically everybody did instead of like, go over someone over, over Dustin. So 
And uh, yeah, seventy percent Abraham answers. Well, that's nuts. That's I mean, that's crazy. But um, I, I mean, I kind of like it. It's it's all or nothing. But uh, really goes heavy on those value plays there. Um, talking about Justin's, obviously, kind of cool to see. I, I I do like the all or nothing approach. I mean, definitely like seventy percent Matthew Wolf probably didn't hurt him, but um, yeah, zero percent Dustin. 29% Jason Day. Well, it looks like probably my, my, my idea. 20, 23% can. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Davis too. That's pretty nuts. It's just a weird week of sports. I mean, Nick in our chat here is reminding me that, you know, a bunch of underdogs won in the UFC. Just, just a weird week, but that's what happens. That's why we love sports. That's why we keep coming back. Finding those underdogs uh, are what makes it so fun. One of the other guys that made it a ton of fun was uh, Kobe Bryant, of course, too. And it is Mamba Day 824 here. And it is our last day for our Osmo Plus weekly pass uh, using the Mamba promo code. So let me tell you about, about it. The NBA playoffs are here. Get an Osmo Plus weekly pass for only $8.24 when you use promo code Mamba at checkout. That's 50% off all Osmo's premium NBA tools and content, including player projections, ownership projections, the Boom Bus tool, and so much more. This valid is offered through Mama Day today, so go ahead. And if you're not already a member, great time to do so. Uh, so let's move on now to this week as uh, we finish up our DFS review. Of course, if you're looking for more players or certain other players, DFS ones I'm talking about now, not golfers, that you'd like me to review on this segment, go ahead and shoot me. Uh, Petty Theft was one of the ones that was I was told to look into, and I really like his strategy and his build, so appreciate that. If you know any more that you'd like me to do, Go ahead and just shoot it to me. So as we move on, BMW Championship, it's the top 70 golfers from the FedEx Cup points. Some interesting moves right at the end of the day. Louis Oosthuizen pushed out Doc Redmond uh, late in the day there. So he gets in. A couple of other big-time finishes. Cam Davis needed to get inside the top, I think, six. And his fall pushed a couple of other guys in. Phil Mickelson did not make it, but he's playing today on Champions Tour. Um, But – Tell me about the top 70. We're not going to have a cup this week. Does that excite you or does that make you want to play DFS less? Where do you stand in the whole no-cut scenario? Uh, I've come to appreciate the no-cut events a little bit more. I used to be one of those weeks I really dreaded. I just did not like the no-cut event. But um, I think as, as you kind of start to embrace the fact is just, you know, your lineups are going to go way up and way down and, and like uh, over the four-day period, uh, you just really – you know, I start to worry about it less. I mean, there is benefits of it, obviously. You know, the, the idea that there's usually a cut in an event, you like to think it gives you an edge as a more experienced player or something. But at the same time, not having to worry about it and just trying to, you know, figure out four straight rounds, who's going to show up for for the full four. I mean, it, it does kind of uh, – I, I kind of like the strategy change, to be honest. So, um, And I think this one's always a little bit more interesting, too, with the FedEx Cup uh, motivation in play. You know, we got the – it's like a three event jam packed. Obviously these guys are all trying to peak. So you got momentum things going on. You've got guys who this, this year too, we have like a million players, a million good players coming off of missed cuts, which is going to be really interesting to see who balances back and who just kind of nails it in again. So uh, lots going on this week. I think there's going to be uh, 
you know, lots of interesting uh, ownership allocations for, for a, a smaller field, which is going to be good because players are coming in with lower sentiment. Um, so all in all, yeah, this should be an interesting week. Um, I don't mind it. I don't mind mixing these no cut events in uh, every now and then it's next week. That's going to be, you know, with the 30 man field is always a little bit. Weird. Yeah, not, not only a 30 man field, but uh, a, uh, a one that's a net tournament too. Yeah. So the pricing is all messed up. It's fun though. I actually like it. I like the fact that there's one winner for both the tour championship and the FedEx. Cup. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think they did a great job, but we'll definitely get into that a little bit more next week. So we'll go to Olympia Fields, and last week we saw Dustin Johnson win by 10. And the only time in a no-cut scenario I could feel like you're totally out of the golf tournament, you know, in terms of cashing and DFS, is if something like that happened. But the nice part is it looks like Olympia Fields is not going to do that this week. I can't imagine somebody running away. We'll go quickly through the numbers, a par 70, 7,300 yards roughly. Last time they played it in 2003 for the U.S. Open, it was a par 70, 7,100 yards roughly, give or take. Fairways were exceptionally hard to hit, 53%, very similar to TPC Harding Park. Keep in mind in that, par 70, 7,300 yards there as well. Uh, rough, long, uh, so greens and regulation were below 60%. Scrambling was below 65%. Uh, it's an old, old course, uh, Jeff, as I turn it over to you here. Did, did TPC Harding Park kind of scream at you? Now, I know, again, we got the Women's PGA Championship a couple of years ago. That was fun to watch. I did. It's a beautiful golf course. Um but are you looking at maybe similar player pools or at least looking at players being able to uh, use the course comp from two weeks ago or three weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, it, it really does. If you look at the routing and stuff like that, you just have like longer straightforward holes. Mm-hmm. It's a big property. It's kind of like TPC Harding Park. Like when they missed the fairway, yeah, it would go in the rough. But there, there seems like a lot of room between the rough and the trees. So I know Olympic Fields, I did some reading up on it. it it's a big property too. Like uh, it, it does feel like a lot yeah. like TPC Harding Park. Obviously, it's, uh, you know, the one was in San Francisco and you have uh, things to deal with, uh, you know, being a coastal course. But um, with with Olympia Fields, I mean, it, it does feel very similar. I mean, harder to hit fairways, excuse me. Uh, like you said, I think uh, I think the field average there, like, yeah, I think you got 54 percent or 53 percent there. And, and the greens and regulation was tough. Scrambling was really tough there back in the U.S. Open was played. So. Um, should play a lot tougher. I think. I think a similar kind of of uh, event like we saw at the PGA Championship is very much on on course here. I mean, and you look at the collegiate championships. They used to play the Illini Open, yep. or whatever it was called. Um, oh. They played it. They played it, They still play it every year. I mean, the, the winning scores are like minus seven, minus six um, at best. So. Those are three-day events or are those four-day events, uh, the line I, I think. I think three-day. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, I think it is three-day, so good call. Um, still, yeah. though, it, it, points still to a, yeah, it yeah. points to a mid-teens winner, which, believe it or not, the last five years at the Northern um, – sorry, the BMW, which, again, it's, it travels from course to course. It's been 20 under or better. I don't think we're going to see 20 under or better this week. Yeah. I'm very, very surprised. Uh, Danielle Kang won it at 13 under for the Women's Open. I actually think a score similar to something like that uh, could be in play here this week. Um, obviously, the guys are playing different uh, sets of tees yeah. and the girls did and, and everything else. But still, um, I, I expect a very similar winner. So when we move on uh, to our uh, – uh, excuse me, we move on to our first clicks and bets for the week. Uh, just came out, you know, maybe a couple of hours ago. Last week, I had Doc Redmond, who just never got it going. I, I bought into that and probably shouldn't have something I'll keep a note on. 
This week, though, Matt Kuchar, I already mentioned him, 70-1. to 1, I think if his approach game gets going, 70-1, to 1 was a, I was hoping for a little bit better. Another guy that caught my eye that I like for a top 20 bet because he missed the cut on the number last week, and he just showed me he can really perform on a par 70 like this, is Cam Champ. He's 110 to 1, so I guess I like him a little bit better. I was a little upset with Kuchar's number at 70. I would hope we would have gotten at 100 to 1 because I think he's a good candidate for a top 10 this week, which I would have gotten close to 10. But I think the top 10 was like 4 or 5 to 1, so uh, I wasn't as excited. Uh, Jeff, how about you? What is your first clicks? Yeah, so my first click was was Tony Finau, and it was I, like he he I scored him at 40 to 1 at, at one place, so – I kind of just decided to take it, um, you know, when Finau's like 40 to one. And, and again, it, it, you kind of want to capitalize on that. It's just a matter of capitalizing on his miscut, basically. The lower sentiment. I mean, it works in DFS the same way it works in, in sports betting. His number is going to be a little bit bigger. When his number is bigger than Scotty Scheffler, and it's kind of the same as Matthew Wolf. I, I just feel like you should probably take advantage of it. So um, it might get bet down too. So, I mean, if you are interested in that, you know, I, and, and you can get a 40 to one, I'd probably get on that quickly, but um, I'm, I'm giving him one more shot. I just feel like, again, you've seen players since his restart. I mean, even Dustin, right? Play bad and then just bounce back. I mean, Finau's done it himself. I really do feel like Tony Finau at some point is going to get a big win in one of these like more lead field events. And he's played well. He's played well this championship and in other WGCs and stuff. So um, that was my first click. I, I, you know, I, again, I got him with an each way. So it's a top five as well, which yep. you, you probably always want to do with Tony Finau anyways. Um you know, you don't have to worry so much about uh, late in the event if his putter goes cold. But you look at what he did last week, it was basically 100% his putter went cold on the greens. Um, you know, more of a, a TPC Harding Park venue this week, which I absolutely love for him. Um, so that was my first click. Uh, I did click a couple other guys, like lower down, uh, Bubba and Jason Kokrak at like 100 to 1. But um, first one was, was definitely Fino. 26 to 1, Colin Morikawa after the miscut. I, I take it you just like Finau's number better than Morikawa's, but if we apply the same principles, I mean, if you look after Morikawa's first miscut of his career, I think he bounced back right away with that win, if I'm not mistaken, right, at the workday. Um, I mean, I don't think if he wins, he passes DJ in, in terms of OWGR, but at 26-1, to 1, he's getting kind of close to back there again where the books are, are, are trying to entice people after a week where they probably cleaned up on him. Absolutely. And I mean, again, you, you definitely need to shop around a little bit. Like I think I only could get him at like 22, but yep. you know, if, if you get him at 25, 26, yeah, that, that's much more appealing. I mean, he's, he's obviously getting up there to where, you know, he's going to be bigger than, than like Daniel Berger this week. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a player I might add to end up adding as well. I mean, uh, I, I haven't made uh, all my final choices, especially at the top. So I'm looking at some other players, uh, you know, looking up there. I mean, Xander is, is someone who really sticks out, but I just, I hate that number so much. I, I want to get, get on him. I mean, T18 last week, he's been so consistent. You really feel like uh, eventually in one of these bigger field, um, especially at field events, Xander is a player who's going to break through. So I really do like him, but I, I don't know if I want to swallow that number with like Berger and Morikawa being a couple points bigger. So again, I, I still got a lot of, uh, a lot of decisions to make at the top right now. I'm kind of leaning just, just taking Xander and just uh, eating the bad odds, but um, we'll see what happens. I'll definitely tweet out, uh, you know, tomorrow what, uh, what I end up doing there. So. Yeah. Take uh, and of course, if you're not following, follow, uh, following Jeff on Twitter at the fantasy grind. So check that out tomorrow. Uh, and uh, we're going to 
Also expect you to put your corn fairy picks in that tweet as well so we can tail them this week. Uh, as we move on to our top 20 values, I already mentioned Cam Champ at 3-1. Now, because there's only 70 players, these uh, top 20 odds are certainly not nearly as good as we're doing. But Cam Champ missing on the number, I feel like he's being priced with um, – you know, guys like Adam Long, Mackenzie Hughes, who are both actually maybe even good players this week as well. Um, top 20 bets, who did you turn to? Last week I tried to go safe and go Bryson and Patrick Cantlay. They both missed the cut. I don't have to worry about that this week, but uh, my top 20 values certainly didn't pan out last week. Yeah, last week I went uh, I went Louis and Byung Hanan. So, again, I kind of made the case you bet both of them. You just needed one. Luckily, Louis kept it together at the end. And uh, that made it profitable. Obviously, Ann was out of it after like five holes. So um, luckily for me, but uh, I, I, I'll be honest, Jason, I, I had Cam Champ written down as my pick as well. I, I really like him for a bounce back this week. Yeah. He won He won here in that collegiate event I was talking about back in 2016. He won here in pretty dominant fashion too. Um, the, the guy gained like over six strokes off the T, TPC Harding Park. This is another, it, it, We just. I just think it sets up very similar off the T. Uh, especially to TPC Harding Park. I think Cameron Chab is going to have a big advantage. Part of the reason why I like Fino to have a bit of an advantage as well. But um, I like that price for Cameron Champ. I definitely like him in this market, probably even a little bit more than betting him out, right? You could do that too. But, um, you know, realistically, the, the plus 300 you're getting uh, for uh, a top 20 uh, really appeals to me. So I guess we'll both be on that train this week. Love it. I, I kind of, I don't, I don't want to go back to the Danny Lee train, but, I, you know, Danny Lee is a streaky player and um, I, I really thought his odds would make, might just like jump up a bit, but like plus 500 in a 70 man field. I don't hate that. I, I really don't hate going back to him for one more week. Um, he's so streaky, but again, we got the FedEx cup. He's kind of in, in range now of, of the top 30. Um, I, I really do think he can put together one more, one more week. Um, I know uh, he's, he's playing pretty good golf. Like he really is T to green. So um, I, I think for a bomb play, that would be okay. Again, I think you can bet Champ and Lee, um, maybe not put as much on, on Lee, but uh, you know, make that like your pair and one of them hits and uh, you'll be profitable. So that's, that, that's kind of the approach I'm looking at. I like it. I'm going to take the same approach. And instead of Lee, I'm going to go Robbie Shelton at plus 550 to one. He's had two really good starts in a row. He's, he's actually had two good Sundays in a row to do that. So it's weird that he's in this field because we haven't heard of him much. But that's what a good start – first of all, that's what happens when COVID happens and the fall starts mean so much more to the FedEx Cup than they ever do in these years. I mean, when we missed COVID, we lost 15 events that a lot of the big guys would definitely have played a majority in. Guys like Robbie Shelton would not be here. Guys like Bryce Garnett last week who I didn't – I don't even think he made 50% of his cuts. But yet, yeah. because of those top 11, Bo Hostler was another one You know, I saw going around the industry today. Guys that would not have been – playing last week typically in a full season. So just wanted to uh, bring that up. Lanto Griffin was the last one that I had mentioned. So I had three. Lanto Griffin is plus 400 in a really good week at the PGA Championship. And if it is going to be a course comp, I think he's a fine value there at uh, at, uh, plus 400. So, all right, let's go into our – let's go on to our first DFS reactions. Yeah, there it is. There's my my line in. But before we do, I want to turn everybody's attention to our – Fantasy football product and listen, fantasy football, Jeff, it's like, like what, a week away, two weeks away? It's crazy. So we here at Awesomeware.com are excited to bring you our inaugural season-long fantasy football and best ball draft kit using the same tools that have helped Alex Awesomeware Baker become the number one daily fantasy sports player. 
We've taken that and compiled a package that will revolutionize the way you prepare for fantasy football drafts. For only $29.95, our draft kit includes everything you need to prep, including rankings, projections, sleeper tools, and loads of content from our experts, and the draft wingman, which will update team projections in real time based on players you have already drafted. And look at this as an added bonus, new members of the FFPC, your home for pay to play season long fantasy football leagues and contests, get a $35 credit when they sign up for an awesome draft kit. Basically, makes the kit free. So don't miss this one. Dominate your fantasy and best ball leagues today. I mean, I'm, I'm not great at hashtag math, but I mean, I, I do think that's a pretty good deal when you get in a credit like that. So definitely check that out, guys. Uh, I do have articles up there, too, for fantasy football. So I, I am looking forward to it. It's weird with no preseason. It uh, is. You don't get that buildup. But, uh, yeah, definitely it, check I that. think that's going to make week one super variable. People have no idea what playing times are going to be like. Oh. As, <laughs> as I got a little bit of self Marco rolling through it, just the way outer skirts not really affected, but – I stare outside here and it looks a little bit windier. So if I lose power, that's why, but I don't expect to or anything like that. Um, all right, so let's go into our TFS first reactions. Start off with our biggest salary bumps. We'll start off right with DJ 1100 and John Rahm 1000. So they flip flop the top end. They just flipped DJ and Rahm from four and five to one and two. They've moved everybody else down. JT, Bryson, and Rory are the next three, followed by Webb Simpson. Up at the top, I had Webb Simpson pegged to be in the top uh, six salary. So I guess I was right there and it'll just be another fade for me this week. Um, it's just how I do it. The, the higher price he goes, the better off I am with him being there because I'm not going to play him anyway. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I mean, at this course too, um, you know, he, again, he showed up last week, but I mean, he had like a 30 foot Eagle on the last hole to, to get, to get his, uh, yeah, okay, his yeah. placing up a little bit. Typical web. Um, definitely. I think last week was, was definitely more of web conditions, a little bit lower scoring. You need to get hot with your putter. Um, yeah. Will probably be a, a pretty big fade for me as well. Um, hopefully it doesn't end up the same as it did with DJ last week, but I agree. Um, you know, I was kind of glad to see him up there just so I didn't have to think about him too much. Um, obviously with him being, uh, more expensive than, than guys like, uh, Shoffley, Berger and, and Morikawa, who, who quite frankly have, have outplayed him for the most part since his win. Um, you know, he won't garner much ownership, but he's also, I also think, I think makes for a, a fine fade, um, could definitely end up in, in like the top 10 or something, but I think this course just, it, it plays away from his strengths too much that I'm okay. I'll, I'll risk it again. Hopefully it doesn't end up, like I say, being Dustin Johnson, uh, the second for me. I remember uh, my, my dad's up to playing like a, a lineup or two in the 25 cent dollar. And I'll say, I, I, I when I went to his house uh, to drop off my son for a little bit of daycare and a little bit of reprieve, I'm like, dad, you didn't play Webb Simpson this week, did you? He's like, yeah, of course I did. I'm like, it's not a Webb Simpson course. And Webb Simpson comes in the top five. So he just <laughs> totally just shoves that up me. Um, anyways, uh, moving on. As now we go uh, down the list, Scotty Scheffler up 900. So he's 9K in a field where most of the best players in the world are playing. So definitely take notice there. Danny Berger, Kevin Kisner, and Alex Noreen all getting 800. Let's talk for a minute about Alex Noreen. He was on a very similar path to Jordan Spieth in terms of their downfall down the OWGR. Seems like Alex has righted the ship, so and we know Speed has it. What do you make of that? And is he in play for you this week at eight, just below eight thousand? Yeah, just below eight thousand. I think he's around seventy or eighty to one in the betting odds. It's hoping maybe he could get dropped two hundred to one again, and I might take a shot. But still haven't decided if I, if I want to go there. But um, he's really doing it around the greens and with the putter. Um, he he is he's really like short up that part of his game, and and when he gets sort of 
locked in. Um, big big weeks can happen with Alex Noren. I mean, we've seen that recently, obviously, like top 10 last week. Um, I think I had him in one lineup. I didn't have him in that lineup we showed, I don't think, but uh, I played him a little bit. Obviously, had him as like an each way as well. Um, but his it's interesting. His approach game has been sort of his Achilles heel, but he was like top five in greens and regulation last week. And that that's kind of why I haven't really written him off yet for this week. Uh, might be a player that, you know, needs to cool off soon, but um, if that, that approach game starts to work and he, and he keeps fire with the putter, like this is the player who really, when he gets a sniff, I mean, he can, he can really go after it. So obviously also capable of like throwing in a 77 at any point. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what to make of him yet. I mean, definitely not a player I'd be advocating like chasing like a cash game lineup or anything like that, but he's playing really well. He's really got, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of money part of his game sharp right now. Um, you look at him in that range, you know, Horschel, Fitzpatrick, he seems a little bit overpriced for sure, but um, the upside is there with, with Alex Norton right now. And the playoffs is a little bit about momentum. So uh, I don't have a, a fantastic take. I will say this Henley seems a lot more safe T to green for, for like cash game purposes. You know, I think Norton brings a bigger factor of getting you like a T 50 than a guy like Henley does, or even, or even maybe Horschel. Horschel can be a bit of a, you know, up and down player too, but um, you know, Henley probably for cash game purposes, I would, I would lean to, I, I, I might give Norton one more week here though and, and throw him in, a, in like a GPP lineup or two. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Norton was somebody that I said, okay, 8,000 now that they've basically said, we don't want his ownership getting above 10%. We want to price him there as a GPP pivot. And for me, 22nd at the PGA. So, and he was the last guy in the field. He wasn't even printed in the DraftKings original field. Comes up, gets into the top 25. If it does play similar, I think that Alex Norton could be a really, really decent play here. I, I don't think the ownership is ready to go back to him, especially with so many golfers, including Abe Answer and the alike in a no-cut event below him. Oh, yeah. I'd be – sorry to cut you off. I'd be shocked he got, like, above 7% even in this no-cut event. I mean, just that the players he's around, so – a couple other guys, Louis Oosthuizen getting a five hundred dollar price bump. Jason Kokrak getting a seven hundred as his uh, ball striking has certainly improved. Russell Henley, who you just mentioned, five hundred more dollars. Kevin Na, good week last week, but now it's a no cut, so that means a no Kevin Na for me. Matt Wolf plus four hundred uh, was very chalky. Ended up eighteen percent owned, so no surprise to see him above eight thousand. Bubba Watson, you mentioned at the top of the show, gets four hundred. Cam Smith, who I also mentioned, four hundred. Mark Hubbard, Robbie Shelton. Ty Hatton, Ryan Palmer, Corey Connors, and Mackenzie Hughes all getting a little bit of a price bump. In terms of the salary dump, Colin Morikawa goes from 10200 He is yet to pay off a 10 k plus salary. Maybe something to keep an eye on there. He's back down to 9500 though. Does that interest you? And then next, Joel Damon, who challenged the Twitter world to a cash game on Saturday morning because he missed the cut on the number. Looks like he had a lot of fun with that. Uh, Damon, $600 cheaper, Morikawa, seven. Do either of those interest you this week? Yeah, I mean, Dave, I think Damon does interest me a little bit at 6,500. I mean, obviously, he's been he's been so random, I mean, kind of in his last few events. I mean, top 10 at the PGA. He was just kind of on fire there with the putter, but then obviously bombed out last week. Yeah, he did well this event last year, too. So I think he's, he's kind of like a, a Kisner player where – I mean, actually, he has talked open about this. He, he likes money. I mean, he likes to make money. He really does approach this as – um, you know, he, he's trying to go out there and maximize his earnings, which I totally appreciate, especially in these, these playoffs, yep. um, no cut event. He needs a big week. I absolutely at 6,500. Uh, I, I will, I, I would advocate taking a shot here. Um, again, we just because of Joel Damon is on, we've seen what he's capable of. I mean, T20 in a lead field, T10 in a lead field, 
Um, he, he bounces back from cuts pretty well. So yeah, I, I definitely uh, like that price decrease there. I think in that range too. I mean, you have a couple other solid players. It's almost like Norin versus Henley. You have a couple other more solid players, again, like Brendan Steele maybe or Gooch for, for a cash game purpose, but I think Damon is more likely to get you inside the top 10, um, assuming he shows up, right? He's got a bigger bus factor. I think he's probably proven that too. But, you know, Morikawa, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're right on the money. He hasn't really paid off that 10K salary yet, but, you know, the, he, he kind of leads the list of players – should have lower sentiment. I don't think he's going to get super low owned or anything, but um, he's going to have lower sentiment than usual. I think people know it's the playoffs. We often see these players, you know, play well week in, week out until we get to the finale. Um, I think people will just will just overown Berger, um, who might not be a bad play, but you know, he he should garner more ownership than Morikawa. Going to make him a good pivot. And Morikawa's played this uh, this event in college recently too. Played pretty well, so. I got no problem going back to him uh, between him. It's going to be between him and Jason day for me. Jason day was absolutely freaking terrible with his irons last week. So I don't really know what to make of that. We've seen other players do that recently. Like Fina had a terrible week with his irons and then bounced back. Maybe day can do it. I do kind of like the setup for day again, talking TPC Harding park. I think Dave's yeah. got a great around the green game for this place. So both of those players, I, I mean, you might even do like the double low ownership thing with Mark Allen day, but I really like the prices you're getting on both of them. Should get lower ownership. So, Yeah, Jason Day, honestly, if he had made the cut last week and, and played okay with his irons, I could have said, hey, this is trending towards a win. We've seen four top tens. We've, we've seen our game resurgence. You know, similar to Alex Norin, Jason Day has also had a great resurgence. We're just waiting kind of for that trio of golfers who used to be world elite golfers and kind of stink now. Spieth being the third and, and glad his season is done. Um, now back, but back on Joel Damon for a second, he missed an eight footer to miss the cut. So it's not like he was that far off. If he makes that and shoots, you know, call it 68, 68 on the weekend, he's 7,200 in this field. The fact that he's 6,500, you brought up some great points. There's so many players like that too. Like champ shot a 68 on Friday. I think he missed the cut by one Finau, Like I said, shot like a 67 or 68 on Friday. These guys aren't playing poorly. They, they just they couldn't get the putter going. You got to make birdies in an event when when the cut is is three under, obviously. And um, I think a lot of these guys are due for big bounce back. Damon definitely uh, a good guy to bring up for you because um, or for, uh, for for just for people watching because I think uh, I think he's way underpriced here, quite frankly. So, so nineteen golfers in the mid range uh, and twenty golfers in the seven K range. When I say mid, I mean eight to nine K. So. Does that seem to you that maybe it's because it's a no cut? Maybe DraftKings making it a little bit harder to make the best lineup. It seems like maybe pricing is a little bit tighter, given the fact that they have basically as many golfers in the eight nine k as they do seven k this week. Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like uh, it definitely feels like that. I mean, I, I do. I will say this. I mean, the I do like a lot of the players in the mid seven k range. So maybe just because of my bias, it doesn't feel that that tight, but they have raised a lot of prices like guys like uh, Louie now into the 8k range, yep. Scheffler getting into the 9k range. So it's pretty tight pricing uh, in my opinion. Uh, again, I have players I, I kind of like. So um, in, in the lower K, K range that I don't, I'll feel probably pretty good about going on and, and clicking, but um, yeah, all, all, all things considered here. I mean, um, definitely feels like tighter than, than most uh, WGC events, which is nice. Uh, another reason why I'm kind of, uh, you know, interested for this week, I think it's going to be a good, uh, a good DFS week uh, for, for making lineups. You got a lot of ways you can go if you want to, you know, be, uh, 
be uh, adventurous and, and fade Dustin in the insane form he's in. I mean, you have a lot of low sediment picks. Guys, major chalk, major chalk bust weeks are always interesting when everybody's playing again, um, yeah, which absolutely we're getting here. So, yeah. Um, and a lot of these guys, too, like they didn't go down that much in salary. So it's not like they're super cheap all of a sudden. It's like Bryson is like 9,800. Oh, he's 10 no, six, right? Yep. And, um, you know, even Jason Day is basically the same price as last week. So it's not like these guys are all of a sudden going to be like, oh, I got to play Jason Day now because he's like so much cheaper. He's the same price. So um, I don't think it's going to lead to like major shifts in ownership. I think people will just try and get on the momentum train. We'll see how that works out. Going to be uh, going to be interesting from that purpose. It sure is. Um, and we'll give our hot takes now before we okay. get on out of here. And last week, uh, maybe we got a little too hot with, uh, with Sal's there, with Sepp Straka. He struggled, <laughs> he struggled to find, uh, find, find his stroke there. But this guy has not – I'll go first. This guy has not broken through yet. He doesn't have a top five, but he does have, let's see, six straight top 25s. He doesn't put his whole game together, but a 10th at the PGA Championship at TPC Harding Park. I think maybe it's time for Xander Schauffele to break through and win. I know he's one of the better players, so it's not like it's super hot take. But I feel like that's coming soon. I feel like with Webb Simpson's price jumping up so much, might be an okay time to jump on Xander in terms of DFS as well. His ownership has gotten up there, and he hasn't really done much. So uh, maybe this is time for Xander to break through and win. If DJ's in that type of form, no one's going to beat him, obviously. But Xander to win my hot take for the week. How about I you? like it. I like yeah. it. I talked about Xander off the top, and I think I agree with you in DFS. I mean, realistically, with more Cal and now being less expensive, Berger coming off a good week, still less expensive. Probably a good time. Uh, maybe finally get some lower ownership on Xander, who always gets up there. I am going to go with. I'm gonna. I'll just. I'll just stick with my feet out call. Um, I really feel like he'll bounce back. I'm, I'm not, maybe I'm not brave enough to call him for the win, but you know, I do think he'll bounce back with the top five. So I'll, I'll say Tony feet out top five will be my, my uh, hot take. I think he's going to bounce back again. Again, was an absolutely fine form. Um, and, uh, you know, likes to, uh, to challenge for these, uh, these elite field events. And maybe now that I'm not calling him for the win, he'll actually win just to make me feel like, look like a chicken next week when we talk about this. So when we talk about it, and I say, you didn't say to bet him to win. You said to bet him for top five. Exactly. Yeah. And everyone can get on me for that. So. That, 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 that's, that, that's the way I'm positively jinxing Tony Finau, So I love it. So next week, uh, we have got the Tour Championship. It is a staggered start. If you are a golfer, in terms of the way I call it, it's a net tournament. Who is ever going into the lead next week will have a score. I believe it's minus nine, and the scores to start from minus nine and go all the way to even. It'll be fun to break that down next week on the show, the Tour Championship. Yeah, so until then, everybody, thank you for joining, of course. Uh, Please bump up the likes and make sure that you like the content that we're giving you. It keeps the lights on. certainly keeps our sponsors happy. Super Draft, so appreciate it to them. So until next time, everybody, until Monday, 2 o'clock next week. Hopefully we'll have Sal back uh, as he fights through a little sickness. Jeff, uh, I expect to see you here as well. So until next time, everybody, we'll see you on the other side. Cheers. Cheers.